Hello everybody and welcome back to Biblically Grafted In. My name is Michael and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today and I hope that you all are doing well. Today I want to bring to the podcast a discussion about the extra-biblical texts. What do I mean by extra-biblical texts? Well, they're the non-canonical books. What do I mean by non-canonical books? Well, our Bibles are made up of 66 books, and these 66 books all support each other, even though there's a lot of controversy that says the New Testament does something different than the Old Testament, which simply isn't true if you have a biblical understanding. These 66 books all support each other. They all support the messages of God and His Son, and they all support each other and build on each other in such a way that to rely just on one half of the book, the front of the book, let's say, versus the back of the book, you are missing something. And if you rely just on the back of the book without the front of the book, you again are missing something. Both the front and the back point to each other. The New Testament points to the Old. The Old Testament points to the New. Both of these join together to point to Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, and he points to God the Father Almighty. Amen. All right. So there's a lot of speculation as to why these books are not found in the Bible. Um, most people tend to, when they're looking outside of the Bible, tend to land on one of two books, the book of Jubilees and the book of Jasher, because um, I believe the book of Jasher is the one that's actually mentioned in the Bible in two specific locations. Now, in these two specific locations, it doesn't say to read these books. It doesn't say these books are included. What it does say is it points to an event that happened contained within the, this book, and that's all it does. It doesn't explain anything else. It doesn't really get into great detail. So it just says there's a book of Jasher. There was an event that happened, and we're pointing to that event. So, with this said, there's a lot of um, well, there's a lot of conspiracy theory that that's going on because of the fact that we do find from truth, we do find that you know the the early councils deviated the Christians from faith into religion, <clears throat> pardon me, and so we do see that going on. We do see just like the, the, um, the Jewish elders, the Jewish, uh, like the Pharisees, we do see on that side, we do see that those religious leaders um, also basically deviated faith into a religion. And we do know that this is true. I mean, we do know that, you know, we went from worshiping God, uh, um, you know, we went from resting on God's Sabbath to worshiping on Sunday. And we, we're told that we no longer keep the Sabbath because Jesus died and was resurrected. Um, in Leviticus 23, the festivals, the holy festivals of God that he says for everybody to do, we know that we do holidays instead, even one called the Halloween, which is to celebrate all things dead. We're not supposed to do any of these things, but yet we do them. And so we know that this deviation did take place. But the problem is, I think, what happens in today's society with the quote-unquote woke culture is that, uh, you know, people feel, okay, I've got myself, my hands on some truth, 
And while it seems kind of conspiratorial, there's there's got to be more truth hidden outside of the Bible that we're just unaware of because the Catholics have, have done away with these books because they didn't want the truth to get out. That's untrue. Okay? Um, I'm not really a big conspiracy theorist, um, but, you know, in this particular case, around five years ago, around five years ago when I first started getting on my Torah walk, you know, I was led to the lost books of the Bible, the non-canonical books, and that just simply means that these are not found in the 66 books. And the argument that was told to me was that the Catholics knew there was important information in these books and could not let it get out, and that is untrue. That is unfounded, untrue, not even close. So one of the things I did is I investigated it because I have an investigator's mindset, having worked in a form of law enforcement, so to, you know, a civilian side of law enforcement for um, 21 years. I investigated a lot of cases, and you know, I okay, you know, let's let's investigate this. So I bought a book called The Lost Books of the Bible, and I started reading them, and I really found out that there was error in these books. See, you don't measure the Bible by books that are not in the Bible. You don't measure the Bible by, like, say, the Talmud or, or the Mishnah. You know, okay, we've got we've to compare the Bible to the Mishnah or the Talmud to see if the Mishnah and Talmud can, can... You just don't. The Bible is the base book and everything else is commentary. So, what do you do? Well, we have 66 books that... Everybody pretty much agrees that of these 66 books, they are legit. They, they all are pointing to itself, and the Bible is all-inclusive, as I said before, where the Bible, the, the Old Testament points to the New, the New points to the Old, both point to Christ, and Christ points to God. All right. Well, the thing is, everybody is looking for the new secret thing, and this is dangerous theology. Well, there's got to be something more outside the Bible that can back it up. Well, there is. There's tons, actually. But why do you need to go outside the Bible to prove the Bible is true? If you're trying to use a source outside of the Bible to see if the Bible's true or not, then you're not really following God and Christ through his word. You're following man. And that's just the way it is. I don't want to be disappointing. I'm not trying to be whatever. I'm just letting you know this. So, when I started looking into the lost books, one of the things that I found is these books, these books were actually giving false information about accounts in certain places, but these books were also changing the whole entire idea concept um, of the Bible. They were going outside of the Bible, and they were putting in um, commentary or speculation that simply did not match biblically. When you, when you stack it up against the Bible and ask the Bible to see if something outside of the Bible is true, which is how we should be doing it. We never should ask another text to, to, to support or deny the Bible. We should ask the Bible to support or deny all other texts. So we need to take a look for a moment here and take a look at 1 John 3, 4. Because this tells us what is sin, 
And sin is what? Let's find out. Everyone who sins is breaking the law of God. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. All right. So sin is anything outside of the law of God or that breaks his, the word would be law, which the word law is translated using a concordance in the Hebrew as Torah, Torah. All right. With this, we see also that uh, Yeshua, Jesus, is actually teaching the Tanakh, the Torah, prophets, and writings, the Old Testament. That is his, his ministry. And we see that the law, the law of Moses, the commandments, the commands are all the same. It means Torah. Luke 10, 26 tells us, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? And he's talking to a Pharisee or a lawyer, depending on your Bible translation, about eternal life and how to get it. So, with this said, Jesus hadn't died or ascended yet, but before Jesus, pre-Jesus, the law was there to kind of guide people along and show them their sin and to help them to walk rightly with God. All right, with all of this said, when any book, any text, any verse, any chapter, any writing, any thought, any video, any tweet, any hashtag, any post, anything, when something comes out that actually speaks against the Word of God. And what do I mean is, I don't mean speaking against the Word of God necessarily, meaning condemning the Word of God. Speaking against the Word of God could be anything from saying, like, um, I'm not trying to pick on the Mormons, but uh, the Mormons, I believe the Mormons are the ones that believe that they can be a God. The Bible specifically expresses that no one can be God. God and Jesus are God. Okay, the, the Word of God is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God is Ichad, or one. And that's what Ichad means in, um, in Hebrew. So, no human being can be a God, but yet the Mormons say that you can become a God. Um, there's another denomination, I don't know if it's them or someone else, that says that uh, Jesus is the half-brother of uh, Satan, or the brother of Satan. Again, that type of text speaks to the Bible, or speaks against the Bible. Um, another example is another group of people believe that the parting of the Sea of Reeds, or the Red Sea, it wasn't in one place two columns of water, it was in five separate places. Uh, speaks against the Bible. So when any time, any text, no matter how God-supporting it sounds, for any chapter, any verse, speaks against the Bible, it breaks Torah. And the moment it breaks Torah, it is a sin. Should we follow a sinful teaching? No, we should not. And this really gets us to this issue. You know, this really opens the door for us pretty pretty broadly to let us know what we should be looking at and what we shouldn't be. Now, I've already established before who Jesus is. But in John 1, 
1 through 3, we have, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created, ex created except through Him. So, establishing the foundation of Yeshua, Jesus, we can look at the fact that the Old Testament and the New Testament have to be one. Jesus could not preach against his Father. Jesus could not teach against his Father. Jesus could not avoid the commands of his Father. Jesus could not do something different than his Father. The New Testament must support the Old Testament because the moment it doesn't, the same thing that happened with Satan being cast down out of heaven is the same thing that would happen to Jesus. But God would certainly never have resurrected him and placed him at his right hand if he did anything different than the Father had taught. Now that we have all that understood, we have to understand that, how do I word this gently, that man is actually pushing theology, doctrines, commentary, thoughts, and in almost every single seminary, you're going to be asked to read non-biblical texts such as theologians and, um, and these type of people. You know, it's required reading in a, lot of these, in a lot of these seminaries is to go completely outside the Bible to see what man thinks. And really, if you're going to be spending time in a seminary, it should be all about the Bible and not necessarily commentary. Um, I would say that the Jewish people, and forgive me for saying, but I would say that the Jewish people have a similar problem when they have the Talmud and the Mishnah. Um, they have um, all these uh, sages, all these people that are supposed to be really divinely smart, um, making all this commentary on the Bible, and everybody's really looking to things that are outside of God's Word, commentary-wise, done by men who can be fallible instead of the actual Word of God, and using Scripture to define Scripture. Instead, we rely on videos. We rely on podcasts like you're doing now. And we, even I do this. Even I listen to podcasts and watch videos and, and look at websites that seem biblical to gain more insight. Gaining insight is no problem. But it's when we actually take that insight, that commentary, and we base our whole belief mostly on commentary, that we deviate. You might be saying to yourself, well, Michael, I don't think that happens in the Jewish case. Well, yes, it does. You know, in the Orthodox Jewish case, we have them not believing Jesus is who he says he is. We have in the Talmud references that Jesus worshipped idols and that he was a magician or a sorcerer or that he, he, his power came from Satan, all to discourage people from pursuing the biblical Messiah. Isaiah 53 actually points to this. So we have issues. We have issues. So looking to the extra biblical text, anything out of the Bible, to either prove the Bible is true or to, I don't know, to, to get a get a better, get a correct version of the Bible is just simply not a safe thing to be doing, in my opinion. So, I want to get into this a little bit more. You know, I want, to, I want to pare this down a little bit. When I was in public safety, um, I worked at a college in Vermont. When I, when I worked, I investigated cases 
And one of the things I noticed is that when you would interview somebody of a victim of a crime, let's say, you interview these people or a car crash, even a car crash. Car crash is actually probably better. There's a car crash on the high, on the road, on campus. You go and you investigate that. The first thing you're going to find is that both people blame the other guy. Um, as to a victim of a crime, people leave stuff out. They don't get all the details exact. There's questions. And then you've got to go find other sources to actually look at called witnesses to see what everybody saw. And then you sit down with all of this information, right? You sit down with all of this information to find out, well, who's got the most cohesive story? Would it be the, the offender or the victim? Is the victim really a victim? There's a lot of questions that get involved. The one thing that you don't do is you don't just take one side of it. So you've got to actually look at it. And this is exactly what I'm saying when it comes to the Bible. Everything in the Old Testament has to be supported by the New Testament. Everything in the New Testament has to be supported by the Old Testament. This is a premise that, well, this is a premise that I already explained, but this is a premise that we use in investigation. We make sure that all sides are giving a good and factual, truthful account, and we can put that whole narrative, so to speak, from side A or side B up against the 1, 10, 15, 30 witnesses that we have, the video cameras that we have, um, and see, is side A telling the truth or is side B telling the truth? What is truth? Truth is, in this case, measured by the Bible only. If you're not measuring everything else by the Bible, by the Word of God, by God, by Jesus, Yeshua, by, 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 if you're not measuring everything by God's standard, you're just measuring by man's, and that changes all the time. All right, so with this said, with this said, we now have to kind of keep going a little bit to be able to understand some things. We know that Adonai, God, never changes. How do we know that? Well, we know that by Reading extra biblical text, maybe some might say it, some might not, but no, we read it in the Bible. So let's take a look at the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, and it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So we know that the word of God is what we should be measuring by if we look at the Bible. So now that we know that, we have to kind of peel back the layers of the onion a little bit more, right? So Messiah, Jesus, taught us something in Matthew 23, 1 through 2. He said, then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses, Torah. So that's great, right? They're the official, the official interpreters. You can go to these men. They will explain how to do it. Well, they must have enjoyed that. The Pharisees, 
knew that he was speaking truth. However, Jesus also said this in Matthew 23, 3. So practice whatever they tell you. In other words, do what's in the Bible. But don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. And this is a huge part right here. We look at all these modern pastors and preachers and teachers and, oh, wow, look, this guy's worth $50 million and he has 25 different locations and he gives me stuff to make me feel good about myself. He never criticizes me when I sin. You know, it's the problem there. It's extra biblical. It's outside the Bible. Jesus goes after the Pharisees as he just did a minute ago, saying, don't do what they do, but do what they say. Right? Well, what else can we know by this? Well, Matthew 23, 4 says, they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to, to ease the burden. So these men that actually had, that are, that are smart, that are scholarly in the Bible, that know the Bible inside and out, that could probably give you a chapter and verse. Oh, wait, that's right. We put chapters and verses in. The Bible is never penned with chapters and verse. We put those in to make it easier to read and quote, for instance. So, they, they, were, they, they were wise in their, in their knowledge base, but they weren't putting it in the practice. And this is what happens when we rely on commentary and not the Word of God, when we rely on interpretation instead of the actual Word in your hand. I mean, after all, Jesus goes on and he, he rails on them in verses uh, 13 and even 15, calling them hypocrites, saying that they go for miles to make converts, but then they lead them into hell, and then they don't, uh, they themselves aren't going to receive the kingdom either, etc., etc., so on and so forth. So this is, this becomes kind of a, a big thing. This becomes kind of a big thing. So what I want to explain here is that we are to use the word of God to measure everything else by, right? And by doing that, we know we have, in the Old Testament, kind of a warning. I'm not going to read all of it, but in Deuteronomy chapter 4, we have this. It's uh, verses 1 through 4. I don't think I'll get to all of it, but it says this. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, 1 through 4. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. Obey them so that you may live so that you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord your God is the Lord the land that the Lord your God of your ancestors is giving you do not add or subtract from these commands i am giving you just obey the commands of the Lord your God and i'll stop there i think that's verse 3 maybe 2 but beyond that he says he gives a lot of um, foreign god worship or Baal worship and the fact that um, God destroyed those who were worshiping Baal. So, you can't add anything or subtract anything to the word of God. 
And this becomes an issue when screening these extra biblical texts. Um, Revelation 22, 18 through 19. Um, in that, in, in verses 18 to 19, we see this. If anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add that person, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. This should speak to us really powerfully that if you add or subtract anything to the word of God, you're not going to be in the kingdom. You're going to have a problem on your hands. And so Yeshua, Jesus, could not do something differently in the New Testament that his father didn't endorse in the Old. And therefore, what we are supposed to screen ourselves by is what? Well, the Bible. If any text itself at all whatsoever stands against Torah, or the whole Bible, but specifically Torah, then that text must be looked at as corrupted. This is why the 66 books are canonical, or in the Bible, and why the rest of them are non-canonical or extra-biblical, meaning outside of the Bible. Each of these lost books have passages in them that are not in agreement with the Bible, the whole Bible, the Old and the New Testament. In fact, in some of these, it's just a sentence. We're not talking about a word difference. In some of these, it's a sentence. In some of these, it's a, it's a whole verse. In some of these, it's a whole chapter that goes against the very fabric of the Word of God. If, if something clashes with the Bible, if something offers something different than the Bible, whether it's a sentence, chapter, verse, or a book, we must then logically deduce that that book is corrupt. And we must read it as something that is not God-inspired, but man-inspired at best, or Satan-inspired at worst. Everything I read in doctrine and posts and questions, see on YouTube, uh, teachings, hear the pastor's podcasts, um, everything I to read, take in, or, or hear, this includes people, messages, videos, etc. I put that up against Torah first, first and foremost. If it disagrees with Torah, I don't continue with it. This means if it disagrees with Torah, it disagrees with God. But I take it one step further because we know what Jesus does. The Old Testament says murder is wrong. The New Testament, i.e. Jesus, says murder is just hate in your heart. He takes it up a notch. The Old Testament says don't commit adultery. The New Testament, through Jesus, Messiah, says, if you look at a woman, I'm, I'm using the example because I'm a man, if you look at a woman with lust, you have already committed adultery with her. 
wow, Jesus really does take it up a notch. Jesus doesn't do away with what his father says. Jesus amplifies what his father said. And so, I then see what the whole Bible says. What, what, what does Jesus then say on the subject? Now, I'm just about 50 years old, and so I want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can to follow God correctly. I don't necessarily want to rely on all these other things, all these other ways that, that man says could possibly be better when I have, the, I have God's text, I have his book, I have his tweet, I have his, his, uh, his post, I have his blog. And this is really the big part of this. Each of these other extra-biblical texts offers something that clashes with the Bible. The books may sound biblical when you first start reading them, but at some point you're going to find a chapter, a verse, a passage that literally speaks against the very fabric of the Bible. When that occurs, you have a choice to make. Do you take non-scripture as scripture? Just because it's there? Or do you go back to the Bible and say, wait a minute, I think the Bible says something different. Let me find that. And then when you prove it, do you then believe the books outside of the Bible because they're not the Bible? Just because atheists or... or other wise people or maybe somebody on YouTube or in a podcast says that you're supposed to use these books? The answer to that is no. That's foolish. The book of Jasher is indeed referenced in the Bible. It's referenced in two separate locations, though at this particular moment I don't seem to have where exactly and what exactly is said. I'm looking, but the book of Jasher does have several violations in it that are grave violations. The book of Jubilees has similar. You can look up online and look at um, testing, which I, this is a good video to actually prove it because they do actually put the verses in. I had the verses, but I just forgot my notes today as I'm recording this on the fly just without any notes. But you can look at some someone like 119 Ministry who puts the scripture up to back up what I'm saying here even, um, but also puts the, the extra biblical text up, testing the book of Jubilees, testing the book of Jasher, testing the extra canonical books. I don't think they word it that way. Testing the extra biblical books, maybe extra biblical text. I'm not sure how they word the third video, but those are two separate videos. And then there's a third one as well. Now, I'm not basing this just on one source. There are various other credible sources out there that are saying the same thing about these extra canonical books. I will say that, the, again, the Jewish people have this similar problem because they rely on the Talmud all the time. And the Talmud prohibits Jesus being divine, slanders Jesus, 
slanders Mary. The the Talmud, there's a there's a, a, a verse, I guess, in the Talmud or a point in the Talmud where it basically said that Jesus's or Mary's Mary's Mary being impregnated by the Holy Spirit didn't happen that way. She had sex with a Roman soldier. That's blasphemy. I don't care who you are. It's heresy. It's blasphemy. It speaks against the very essence and, and fabric of God. Now, would I take the Bible as fully credible if it was written by one man in one year? No, I wouldn't. Because that would be man-inspired. It could even be demonic-inspired. But the 66 books that we have are spread out over thousands of years by numerous different people. All we have to do is go in here and actually look up and find out. So let's do that. Let's go in here and, and look up and see what we can find out about the Bible. Do we have time? I think we got a few minutes. I'm running a few minutes early, I think. We have literally, over the period of thousands of years, numerous contributors to the Bible. And I think that that... I think that that's got to be worth something more, right? So... So let's let's really So basically we have a period of let's see. Yeah, we have a period of thousands of years and we have so many different people making contributions to it. That's how you know that something is God inspired. Um and there is a period between the Old and New Testament where the gap is like something wild like 400 years. Um I can't fully remember that, but you know, you have literally a period of like 400 years where God remained silent. And then add all these different, all these different people. You know, you have all these different people making contributions to it. Different people, different, very different people, and they had different walks of life. They... They had different um, backgrounds. They had, um, you know, they, uh, you can't fake a lie over that long with that many people saying a thing that is backed up by each other person in the whole and that both sets of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, get the exact similar message and all of it fit tying itself in together like a ball of twine if it was just a lie. That's how you know something is God inspired. So, I know for a fact that I as a man am not perfect. I mess up. I'm not going to always get things right. And because if I as a man am like that, 
So is every other man, woman, and child like that. We are all human. Therefore, these extra-biblical, extra-canonical books must be read with extreme, extreme caution. And everything that you read, you must put that up against the Bible. You know how long it would take to do that chapter by chapter, point by point, verse by verse, line by line, to compare it against the Bible to actually see how much of it is true and how much of it is not. Well, I will tell you this. I once talked with an elder Jewish rabbi about these extra canonical books. And he said to me this, Michael, your hands are full with just understanding the Torah. That within itself could take you a lifetime of study. Add to that now all the works and you, my friend, have enough to keep you busy. So don't bite off more than you can handle. He's only talking about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Now, here's the thing. I read these extra-canonical books, these extra-biblical texts, like I read the Catholic Catechism. I am not Catholic. Um, as a Christian non-denominational minister, a lot of what modern Christianity is, is based on the Catholic Catechism, whether they want to believe it or not. The Catholics have been around pretty much as far as I can trace back. He, they, their, their tracing back goes back quite a bit. In fact, if you ask any Catholic, they'll say that their denomination is the authority of the Bible. However, man should never elevate themselves to a status as the authority of the Bible, but this is what they believe. They believe that their papacy was put into place by Peter. A lot of peas there, wasn't there? This is untrue. Peter was not the first pope. Otherwise, you would be reading about Pope Peter. You didn't. So, here's the issue. When I read the Catholic Catechism, I read it to see what they say. And in fact, there's deviations from the Bible. The Bible says Sabbath, and you can read in Catholic Catechism, I'm not sure which page, but it's... Uh, um, uh, Vatican.va backslash third commandment. You can actually read in there where it clearly says that they, they give you scripture about keeping the Sabbath and then they go on to say that the Sunday the Sunday worship replaces the spiritual truth of the Jewish Sabbath. There's more I could go into but I've already done it and I don't plan to do this every time I'm making a post because I'd never get to my original point, but you can look that up in the Catholic Catechism at vatican.va backslash third commandment. All right. So I read the Catholic Catechism to see exactly where the deviations from 
faith into religion are. Just like I read, not sitting in one sitting, but I read the Talmud, the Mishnah, the Zohar, and all these other extra biblical books from the Jewish side. So again, I can see where the deviation from faith into religion is, but so I can get a flavoring of culture that I couldn't get if I just read Christian text. Because after all, the Bible, the 66 books that we have, is a very Hebrew book written by Hebrew people for Hebrew people. And then later, the grafted in Gentiles and followers of Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus. So I read extra biblical texts extremely carefully, knowing full well my Bible enough that as I'm reading these extra biblical texts, I can say, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Wait a minute. It doesn't sound right that the Red Sea was parted in five places. Wait a minute. It doesn't sound right that that um, that um, Joshua, not Joshua, that uh, Jacob used his staff and parted the, the sea that he was crossing. That doesn't sound right. Only, no, that doesn't, that only happened for Moses. It didn't happen for Joshua too. He forded the river. If you read the passage in my Bible, let me go check. And sure enough, he forded the river. He crossed the river. He didn't get a parting of whatever, the Jabuk River. He didn't get a parting of that. Like Moses got the parting of the Red Sea. The Bible doesn't say that. So when you know your Bible well enough, then you can read these extra biblical texts. Otherwise, you might believe the Talmuds lie that Jesus was just a magician or that uh, Mary had extramarital affairs and that's how Christ was born. We know these things not to be true because the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit descended upon Mary. The Bible, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Son of God and God himself therefore has divinity, has these powers to use. So I read extra, bibl extra biblical text knowing full well that there's going to be error and Satan is going to be speaking at times through these other men. God really didn't say you're going to die. That's a big one in the church. The church actually believes that you're just immortal. You're either going to spend eternity with God or eternity with the devil. When in fact, the Bible clearly tells us, the Bible clearly tells us that you have an inherit the kingdom of God or you're burnt up in the lake of fire. You cease to exist. You're not eternal. You're not immortal. God says he wants us to keep the Sabbath, and man says it's okay to worship on Sunday. Notice, God said rest on Sabbath. Man says worship on Sunday. We're supposed to worship every day, not just on Sunday. But see, if Satan can get us to only worship on one day of the week for only two hours, an hour and a half, 45 minutes, then the rest of the week is open season, and he can talk into our lives. God says, I want you to come to me at my appointed festivals. A man says, I want you to do 
these 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 holidays instead. And it's okay if they're different from what the Bible says and what God wants. I could go on and on here, but I think you get the point. Again, 1 John 3, 4 tells us anything outside of Torah, the first five books of the Christian Bible, is sin. These are not my opinions. These are not my thoughts. These are not my ideas or my own made-up theology. These are based in the Bible, in Torah. <coughs> Pardon me. So, friends, what do I think of these extra-biblical books? These extra-biblical books are great to give you how people were thinking at the time. What people were doing at the time. The culture at the time. But these extra-biblical books should not be taken as Scripture. When these books speak against the Old Testament, speak against the divinity of Jesus, speak against God, speak against the whole of the Bible, even if only in one sentence out of a whole entire book, even if the rest of the book has truth, if there is one lie in that extra-biblical book, if there is one deviation from the law of God, from the divinity and personage of Jesus, of the very words and fabric of what God says and how we should live, then there is, my friends, inspiration of man or inspiration of Satan. These are my thoughts on the extra-canonical or extra-biblical books. This is why I'm not going to break all of these books down. I'm not going to give you all the places that there are deviations because there are multiple deviations in each one of these books that actually speaks against God, His Son, His Word, and I'm not going to trace all of those down for you because I don't want I don't want my blog, my channels, or anything to become all about other inspirations. I want to keep my inspirations as best I can coming from the Bible, God, the Father, and Jesus, Yeshua, the Son. Yahweh, Yeshua, and the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit and the Word. I want to keep my focus upward, not downward, or even on the earth. <laughs> and that's what I suggest you do too. You could literally, for the last five years, I have followed Torah the same way that the Jewish people read. I have followed that. 
and every year there's something new to learn in Torah. So that rabbi is right that my hands are full studying Torah. However, with that said, I studied my whole entire Bible. I studied the New Testament and the Old Testament. I studied God the Father, and I studied Yeshua the Son, and I studied the entire the entire Elohim, the entire God, the whole Ichad of God. I don't leave one half of the book out. I don't leave one part of God out. And that is what I suggest you should do. All right, everybody, this is what I got this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to try to get back to posting more frequently now that uh, things are kind of slowing down for me. And other than that, I hope you guys really are doing well, and shalom, God bless, good day.